1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked
0: On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker, your daily Broncos podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos here on Thursday, October 4th, where we're going to be talking about the injury report, Cortland Sutton's rise so far through four games, and we're going to take a look at several keys to the game in the Broncos-Chargers matchup this Sunday as the Broncos are on the road. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter, at Cody Rourke. NFL and and really a quick note here, I'm going to be stepping away here for about a week or two dealing with some family stuff. The uh, health of my grandmother has taken a decline. So I am going to be spending some time trying to help her out. So Broncos fans, you can rely on Cameron for the next week or so. I'll still be involved on Twitter a little bit, but I will not be able to record. So with that said, let's get into our Lockdown Broncos lead story of the day. I'm Cody Work. The Broncos injury report for Wednesday at practice. They have some optimism regarding some players in terms of returning to practice. And we're talking about Juwan James, right tackle. The Broncos spent a lot of money this offseason just to bring him in. He went down with a knee injury against the Oakland Raiders. He returned to practice for the first time since that injury, and he was limited in Wednesday's practice. The Broncos can get a tremendous boost, in my opinion, from having a guy like Juwan James back. Will he play against the Chargers? I think it's a little unlikely, but we could see him play next week. And I, I think really for the Broncos, especially when they're going against the Tennessee Titans next week, another home game, I think it'd be a good start to maybe get him back at home rather than getting him back on the road. And and I think it's a little too early though. Now, granted, I don't know what Juwan James has been up to since he has injured himself. I'm sure he's done a lot of core, a lot of strengthening. Uh, I'm not sure how you can really do a lot of cardio without using that knee a little bit. So I'm eager to see where he's going to be at cardio wise, but, when he's fully healthy, it'll be good to have that back for the Broncos there. You could move Elijah Wilkinson around if there's some other areas of the offensive line that may be struggling there. Maybe move him to left tackle if Garrett Bull struggles. I know that's a lot of uh, the talk of town that in terms of the Broncos have nobody to replace him. But so far, Garrett Bulls has responded decently in the last two weeks. There's still some areas in the run blocking game where he could have done a lot better. Broncos cornerback Bryce Callahan, evidently we all know he's out for the next four to six weeks. He did not participate alongside Josie Jewell dealing with the hamstring issue himself. He can't go and more likely they're not going to push it. But good news in terms of the hamstring department, the Broncos, Kareem Jackson, he returned back to practice on a limited basis and there could be a chance he plays this week. But as of right now, his status is listed as questionable. Ron Leary had a veteran's day off, didn't really do much. He was limited in practice, not injury related. Emmanuel Sanders dealing with a little bit of a quad issue. He was limited as well. He's been doing that the last two weeks. A quad's been bothering him a little bit, but he's been able to go in the games and, and show out and perform. So really no concern there when it comes to Emmanuel Sanders. Derek Wolf, we know he uh, a tough son of a gun, man. He He came out and he played against the Jacksonville Jaguars a week after getting carted off the field where he was in a lot of pain and if you followed his progress on Instagram I mean his ankle was swollen so you know he's a tough guy you know he's in the last year of his deal you know he's trying to play for another deal so in his mindset he couldn't miss another game and so he didn't so hats off to Derek Wolfe but they gave him a little bit of a day off limited probably doing a little bit of individual drills there but probably not going full-on team there so he was limited as well Duke Dawson was dealing with an ankle injury. He was a full participant in Wednesday's practice alongside Joe Jones, who was full for the first time. So, look, there's some more inside linebacker help there, especially critical with Josie Jewell dealing with an injury himself. And really for the Broncos, that's really it. Outside of that, they're relatively healthy, which is good when you go into a tough AFC West Divisional matchup. Let's take a look real quick at the L.A. Chargers injury report. Nasir Adderley, the safety, dealing with the hamstring, did not participate on Wednesday. Kicker Michael Badgley, he's not going to be playing in this game. He's been dealing with the right groin issue. DNP. Hunter Henry, he's going to be out this matchup. Melvin Ingram, out this matchup as well, according to Anthony Lynn, head coach of the L.A. Chargers. Justin Jackson, running back, who really him and uh, Austin Eckler when Melvin Gordon was out, they were pretty dynamic together. But now... You get that Melvin Gordon-Austin Eckler combination. It's still very dangerous for the Broncos' defense. We'll talk about that in our keys to the game. Wide receiver Travis Benjamin. Hip injury has been bothering him a little bit. He was limited, but expect him to play. Thomas Davis, linebacker dealing with a groin injury as well. He's a tough player, one of the solidified captains on that defense for them. Virgil Green, former Denver Bronco, also a groin injury. More than likely limited, but he could be ready to play on Sunday, especially against his former team. He's got a lot of hard feelings towards the Broncos. Mike Williams, wide receiver dealing with the back injury. He was limited. Expect him to go on Sunday alongside Casey Hayward, who's dealing with the back injury as well. I expect he'll be limited tomorrow. He'll participate on Friday and bam, he'll be ready to rock and roll. Uh, I think Ty Long, punter, foot, a left foot injury, did not participate. Status for him for the game is unknown as well. And Denzel Perryman, linebacker, look, some key defensive players for that Chargers defense have been out this year. They're banged up. The Broncos have to capitalize it. He was dealing with a neck injury. He did not participate in Wednesday's practice. So a lot of that will change for Thursday. We'll see on Friday where the Broncos and where the Chargers are at on the injury front of things. This has been Cody Work with your five-minute update from Locked On Broncos.
0: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Now, one thing I also want to get into you guys today is our sponsor of today's episode of the show. Our good friends over there at MyBookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. And sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because, well, they're my team. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with MyBookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. Between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON to activate this special offer. Once again, that's promo code locked on, one word to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. There's been a guy on this Broncos team, despite the 0 4 start, despite the struggles that they have faced insurmountably on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. Moments where the offense struggles, the defense performs well. Then the moments where the defense doesn't perform well and the offense performs really well. It's a double whammy for the Broncos. They just haven't quite found that rhythm as a whole team to get a complete team win. Despite the fact that they had a great first half as a team against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they just couldn't finish. But I tell you what a guy that's been so consistent since week one, and I've had my eye on him and I was very surprised And I was very excited when he actually rose to the occasion, had a chance to talk with him at training camp this offseason, and that's Cortland Sutton. If there is any rising star right now on this Broncos team, if there is any guy that we want to pinpoint that has absolutely just been a freaking stud, he's kicked tail all year long, it's been number 14. And let's talk about his his rise. I mean, I, I really feel like he deserves his own segment here because he is taking his game to another level from year one to year two, the amount of growth that we've seen here. Now I did a little bit of a film study there and watching him game to game, his route running is so much cleaner. He gets to the top of his route. The DB is keying his hips. He's breaking down and he doesn't give away what he's doing with his route tendencies. I think wide receiver coach Zach Azani that's been one of the things that he's been preaching with his wide receivers all off season long is that they've got to avoid, they went back and they watched all of last year's film as a unit. The guys that played wide receiver and they also recorded practice and they film it. And coach Azani is very, very exclusive on making sure that their stance on the line of scrimmage or the way that they run their routes doesn't give away the type of route that they're running. And I think the Broncos have done a really good job of kind of cutting back on that and limiting that because that was a little bit of an issue in the preseason but they've shorted it up, and in the regular season, the Broncos' routes have been decent for the most part. There's been times where the routes weren't run at the right depth, they weren't ran at the right speed they needed to be run at, and obviously it, it accounts for some issues there offensively in terms of production. But Cortland Sutton, if you go and you watch him, I think it's easy to say Emmanuel Sanders is the best route runner on this Broncos team, but I think Cortland Sutton is number 2. And I also think Cortland Sutton is proving to be a number 1 wide receiver so far with what he's done in this four-game stretch, and obviously a tough road matchup for him here where, look, the Broncos have to figure things out. They've they got to go on the road at LAC. Then you have a home game against Tennessee. Then you play the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got to find a way against these three teams here that have some talented DBs to continue building on that. So let's talk about Cortland Sutton's rise. We saw it really against the Oakland Raiders. He had eight targets. He had seven receptions, 120 yards. For me, I look at his catch percentage where he's at, you got to factor in to pressure from the defense in the quarterback's face, offensive line protection, DB, is he pressing? Is he off coverage? Is there a drop? Is there something he's got to do? I I felt as if Cortland Sutton has evolved his game a lot in terms of consistency. His catch percentage against the Raiders was 87.5%. You go on to the Chicago Bears, a much tougher defensive team that likes to play physical. They don't like to let a lot of guys run free. He was targeted seven times, four catches, 40 yards. A little bit, not as much of a production as he had against the Raiders, but I felt he was more consistent there. And I think the Chicago Bears actually did a good job playing physical underneath, having a safety over the top. It's really a smart kind of game plan for a big physical, sizable wide receiver. You do not want to allow a guy who's that tall, who's very athletic, and he's deceptively fast for as tall he is. You don't want him to be able to run free down the field. And so teams are going to start to press him a little bit more and cheat a safety over the top there that's where Emmanuel Sanders has come up big for the Broncos this year, too, because teams have done that, and Emmanuel Sanders has found himself open. I mean, there's a lot of times I feel as if the Broncos should go a goal-line fade to Cortland Sutton because he's got one-on-one coverage, but they go to Emmanuel Sanders because he finds ways to get open with the tight end, utilizing the pick route, the inside, the outside, the out route, the underneath. I mean, he, he finds a, a variety of different ways to get open, but for Cortland Sutton, I think also the area where he's really improved, too, is his blocking. I mean, we see how physical of a blocker he is. We saw it against the Green Bay Packers where he was down the field. He blocked that corner as soon as Philip Lindsay had like a 28-yard run. These are the types of things that the Broncos have to consistently build on. I mean, it's easy to look at all the negatives. It's easy to look at maybe, okay, the left tackle, the right tackle position right now is very scary for the Broncos. Okay, the Broncos didn't run the ball enough in the second half against Jacksonville, even though they had three possessions to do it. And you found yourselves down in the fourth quarter. You can't do that. You can't run the ball when you're down. The Broncos did a little bit too much of that against the Packers. It came back to bite them in the apples. But yes, but when we talk about Cortland Sutton, We talked about his route running all offseason, but we also talked about his ability to be a a very physical and consistent blocker, and he's done just that. So I'm really proud of the fact that he's really risen to the occasion. Uh, And then we take a look at the Green Bay Packers game. He was targeted seven times. He had five catches, 87 yards, a big 51-yard play, and one of those plays you just wish he could just continue to outrun. He's a big physical guy. It's hard to bring down. So I think the Broncos want to get him a little bit more involved in the short routes, either the quick slant, or the dig route because once he catches that ball, he's big, he's agile, he's physical. He can maneuver his way across the middle of the field and find the open space, and defense is going to have to try to tackle him. Now, granted, I thought Jacksonville did a pretty good job of trying to swarm to the football this past week. And look, it, you know, you're going to have some tough matchups, you're going to have some tough guys that you're going against, some big physical hitters. But for Cortland Sutton, we've seen him rise to the occasion. We've seen him not squander opportunity. I mean, there's times where they go no huddle, and and he's gassed, but he's still busting his tail. Cortlandson's putting in a lot of hard work, so really proud of him for that. But against Jacksonville, he had nine targets. He caught six of them for 62 yards. His catch percentage was 66.7%, pretty decent. And his average yards per target was about 6.89. You go against Green Bay, his average yards per target was about 12.43. He finished with a 71% catch percentage. Now against the LA Chargers, their defense isn't as tough as it used to be because obviously they're missing some key guys. They're going to be without Melvin Ingram. They're going to be without Derwin James. you got to find ways to capitalize on that. If those guys aren't there, or if you get bigger matchups or you get a Cortland Sutton matchup against a smaller guy, you got to be able to take advantage of it if you're Rich Scandrell and the Broncos' offensive coordinator. And you got to get things going to Cortland Sutton early because if you keep going to Cortland Sutton, teams are going to start to tighten up on him and it frees Emmanuel Sanders up. And then sometimes the teams tighten up on Emmanuel Sanders... So then you allow Cortland Sutton to take over and be that big play target. I think that Joe Flacco can really rely on. I think they've really developed some good chemistry there. They like working together. And uh, I, I think for Cortland Sutton, it's evident based on what we've seen with him, that he has taken the next step in his game. And you couldn't have asked for anything more so far through four games with Cortland Sutton than what you have gotten. So big, big matchup for him this week against the Chargers on the road. We're going to see what this Broncos team is made of because, being on4, losing a key defensive player all year to an ACL and just the struggles, all the drama, all the chatter in Broncos country about blow up this whole entire team. Trade this guy, send this guy this way, fire this guy. I mean there's a whole bunch of talk of that. Players see that stuff and, and you know, part of me wants to say that it, they don't let it affect them. But I think they say, and they're passionate about their teammates. They're passionate about their coaches. And, and Cortland Sun's one of those guys that's really passionate about his teammates and his coaches. And, and look, I think the Broncos have every opportunity to turn some things around. But it's going to take a lot. When you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud, too. And I tell you what, this is uh, going to be a stormy little rut the Broncos have to climb themselves out of. But if they can show they have the mentality to do so. I think they can achieve anything they set their mind to because this team does have talent. They have very promising young talent that can contribute consistently. And I think we saw a little bit more from Deshaun Hamilton last week for the Broncos. So I think for this overall, Cortland Sutton's got to continue his climb. He, I think he's on pace right now to break whatever he had last year. I think he's uh, expected to be over 1,000 yards this year based on his current pace and where he's at. So I, I think really the Broncos got to keep finding a way to feed him, get him the ball. And let him do work, especially when you're in the goal line or if you're on the five yard line, do a quick smoke screen. He's a big physical guy. He's going to catch it, he's going to get upfield. He's got to be able to do that. And I, I think the Broncos may look to do that against the Chargers this Sunday when Denver is on the road. Now, I got to remind you guys as well, we have the NHL season starting up, and I got to remind you guys just because they're part of the network to check out the Locked On NHL Network, which just launched this week. If you're a hockey guy, we got the Avs coming your way very, very soon over here at the Locked On Podcast now, we're part of the Denver sports branch here. We got Locked On Broncos. We got Locked On Rockies. We got Locked On Nuggets. And then now we're going to have Locked On Avalanche here, in the next month or so. So stay tuned on the Locked On NHL Network for that. Also be sure to follow at Locked On NFL Net on Twitter for every single tweet from every local expert in the market covering the teams that they do here on the Locked On NFL Network. Once again, that's on Twitter at Locked On NFL Net.
0: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: Diving into our keys to the game, Broncos on the road this Sunday taking on the Chargers. It's going to be a tough matchup. Anytime you play a divisional matchup, it doesn't matter what the team's record is. Usually it is a slobber knocker, and it is a tough, grinded-out one. But the Broncos, outside of last year, the Broncos went on the road in L.A. last year. They stole one from the Chargers, and the Chargers came back and beat the Broncos in Denver the last time that these two teams played two years ago in L.A., it was a blowout. The Broncos were shut out. They couldn't score a single point, and it was very, very frustrating. So we got to talk about the keys to the game here on today's episode of the show and our final segment of Locked on Broncos. And I let's start off on the offensive side of the ball. For Denver, I, I think it's plain and simple. I'm going to go with a little bit of the formula that we had last week is that the Broncos have to come out and they got to run the ball. They were so effective running the ball against Green Bay. They had success often than not in the first half against the Jacksonville Jaguars running the ball. They had a seventeen to three lead at one point. They got too tricky with it. They started throwing it, and it led to an interception, which turned into three points, which led to the Jaguars getting the ball back in half number two. They controlled the clock. The Broncos went three and out. Then the Jacksonville Jaguars got the ball back. They controlled the clock the Broncos game plan fired back on them in terms of what they wanted to do. The first half, they executed it perfectly. And they, they came out and they figured out that, Hey, we can run the ball against these guys. Second half, when you find yourself losing momentum, they got a little timid. The run got stuffed a little bit. They compressed the gaps in the a gap and the B gap for Lindsay and Freeman. And then they forced the Broncos to throw and And really they dialed up a lot of pressure. And so it was really hard for Joe Flacco and the offensive line to really contain or even stop that or limit it. But it led to a three and out. But I think for the Broncos against the Chargers, because we know the Chargers' defense is really banged up, you got to attack them. You got to go right at them. You got to be able to run in between the tackles. And I also think, too, with Jerry Tillery there at the defensive line position, he's going to be at one of those nose tackles. You got to be able to try to run right at him. And I think the Broncos' interior line is the strength of their team on the offensive side of the ball this year. I think the left guard, the center, and the right guard, we were so worried in training camp and the, the preseason about Connor McGovern, where he was at with the snaps. But he has turned in a hell of a performance so far this season. He's had a tremendous amount of improvement, sealing the inside linebackers up, getting up to the next level, creating those run spaces there. And I I couldn't ask more for Matt Paradis. I couldn't ask more for Connor McGovern, who really last year he stepped up for Matt Paradis, I believe, in the Chargers game. I believe that was where he really kind of saw Connor McGovern get his first action, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I think offensively, too, with Joe Flacco, don't be what you're not. I think Joe Flacco did a really good job in managing the short situations, and sometimes you faced a passing situation where you got to get the ball out of your hands because it's, it's third and long, and they're sending the pressure at you. On that, you might just want to check draw. I mean, that's what we see a lot of NFL teams do when it's a third and 15. They often go to the draw play because it's gonna, the defense is going to play back, play at the sticks, and then you got to try to run something underneath. And look, Philip Lindsay, I think, is a very, very flashy guy if the Broncos can spring some runs off. They might not face those kind of scenarios where it's third and 15. And even though, granted, the Broncos didn't give up a sack last week, which is absolutely applaudable. Joey Bosa is going to be coming for Joe Flacco. So I think really the eyes, the key matchups to watch for this game, the key game is going to be, uh, I would say, Joey Bosa against Garrett Bulls. I think really even if he lines up against Elijah Wilkinson, we've seen really good pass rushers take advantage of this Broncos Outside exterior offensive line at the tackle position, and it's very scary sometimes when you have some of those guys back there, and, and you have a guy like Joey Bosa who just complete uh, com- who creates a lot of pressure coming off the edge. Now, one thing the Chargers defense they like to do as well, they like to squeeze the outside of the offensive line. They love to send pressure on the inside and then they like to send a backside weak side blitz and really it's a great blitz opportunity a great thing for a defense coordinator to run and they've had a lot of success on that especially against Matthew Stafford some other defenses especially against the Miami Dolphins and Josh Rosen they were able to get a lot of pressure on those guys and if Joe Flacco's hitting the ground and taking some shots like he did against Jacksonville then something's not right something's not working and you really got to be really concerned for that but let's get to the defensive side of the ball now for the Broncos and I think it's plain and simple. This Broncos defense has not been what it was hyped up to be in the offseason, especially with Vic Fangio coming over. We talked a lot about maybe Vic Fangio being up in the box or sending Ed Donatel up to the box because something's not right with this Broncos defense. They have moments where they play really well. They played a hell of a first half against Jacksonville. They crapped the bed again in the second half against them, and it all started with that 81-yard scamper by Leonard Fournette. Now, you're not going against a really big physical running back this week. You're going against two... I would say Melvin Gordon's physical, but he's also flashy. And then you got Austin Eckler who is really flashy. He's the Philip Lindsay type player for the LA Chargers. You're going against two very dynamic tailbacks, and they get them involved in not only in the rushing game, but also as a receiver out of the backfield as well. And I think that's where the Broncos really have to focus a lot on their game plan. But it's hard to just divert your entire focus to a running back when you have wide receivers like Keenan Allen, and you also have Mike Williams, physical wide receivers. Keenan Allen, probably one of the best receivers in the National Football League. Amazing route running. One of the toughest covers, according to Chris Harris Jr. So look for Chris Harris Jr. to be going up against Keenan Allen a little bit here. Now we mentioned in our film review this off season, if you guys remember that, what the Chargers like to do is they will go doubles, they'll go tw- they'll go uh, trips, and they'll go tray, which means that they have a tight end and two receivers to the same side. What they love to do is they love to run number one off at times, or if number one is Keenan Allen and he's the outside receiver, they'll run the number two receiver. Kind of outside to get in front of that cornerback, and Keenan Allen runs underneath on the drag or the slant route. He also loves to run the corner route from the number two wide receiver position. If he's lined up as number two, he likes to get across the field on post, he likes the corner route, and he also likes to throttle down and, and quick hitch. You can't make some of those mistakes that we've seen the Broncos make in their secondary against this L.A. Chargers team because they do have talent. They do have a really good quarterback in Phillip Rivers who knows where to go, whether you're going against zone coverage, whether you're going against man coverage. He always finds a way to diagnose and pick apart defenses. So I think the Broncos really have to tighten up this week if they really want to have success on the road. You're going into hostile territory. The mindset on the road has to be, look, we're already down 14 points because we have to take a road trip up here. We get it. There's a lot of Broncos fans in California, but road games, you have to have the mentality already down on the scoreboard. And I think with the way that the Broncos have been playing, maybe it will challenge them because look, the Broncos didn't know how to play with the lead. They also tend to kind of make a little bit of a comeback. They tend to get some momentum when they're trailing, but sometimes they find themselves in no man's land because there's not enough time left in the game. And, and the, the types of decisions that they make overall offensively, defensively, sometimes on the special team side, really impact their play. Now, this also could be a week where special teams could win or lose you the game. We talked about the fact the Chargers are struggling with the kickers. I believe they signed somebody off of a, a practice squad. I don't know if it was for the Vikings practice squad, but they they brought over a kicker from a practice squad. They signed him. But I think, really, you got to look at the return game. No big plays. I thought the Broncos' special teams unit last week did a phenomenal job against Jacksonville. Kobe Wadman had his best game, in my opinion, as a professional punter in the National Football League. So can he build on that? The Broncos have to punt it away. Can he flip field position? The unfortunate thing is that he flipped field position, but the Broncos' defense couldn't get any stops against Jacksonville. You got to hope that they can get some stops this week against the dynamic LA Chargers and the style of offense that they run over there. But Broncos Country, want to thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Broncos. Cameron will host for the next week or so as I deal with some family matters. I really appreciate all your time, your love, and your patience with everything. And so please be sure to support Cameron throughout this week as I am gone. But with that said, Broncos Country appreciate you guys as always. If you guys have some time right now, please head over to Apple Music and leave or app I would say Apple Podcast. It would be cool if it was on Apple Music because then you just subscribe to it. But apple podcast click on write a review leave a review leave your twitter handle and then i will enter you into our sock contest giveaway i did not forget about it it is coming up i just got to get some things ironed out on my end but broncos country thank you always for tuning in we appreciate you guys and we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show
0: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music